RPG Speak is a profane and sometimes rowdy podcast. While we do not recommend this podcast for children, we cannot tell you what to do. Just know, you have been warned. Hey, what's going on everybody? Welcome back to RPG Speak. I am your host, The Mexinadian, or Anthony. And today we are going to be talking about a subject that I covered on my YouTube channel a little bit back as my first top 5 video. And that's going to be my my personal favorite top 5 non-D&D games. Um, I made this list a little bit ago just because, A, I was trying to branch out on my channel a little bit, get some more stuff going, but also because there are a lot, and I mean a lot, of tabletop roleplay games. Like, I'm sure if you listen to this podcast, I'm sure you know that already, that there's a cubic fuckload of tabletop roleplaying games, but a lot of people don't know, a lot of people are only really aware of Dungeons & Dragons, as that is the most well-known of the tabletop RPGs. Obviously, it's the biggest, it's the most well-known. That's how most people get introduced to tabletop role-playing. And so I wanted to kind of introduce as many people as possible to, you know, to a different form or a different system, different kind of game, stuff like that for tabletop RPGs that isn't necessarily D&D. I put, I think, at least one fantasy like medieval fantasy game on here other than that it's pretty much all entirely you know different universes different like and then you know like sci-fi post-apocalyptic stuff like that um and i have played every single one of these games mind you i didn't just throw a list of random you know i didn't just throw a random list of tabletop rpgs and you know google some shit I mean, I did do that, don't get me wrong, I did Google some shit, but I have played all of these games specifically for a certain amount of time, that varies between all of them. Uh, You know, number number four probably definitely varies from my number one spot, so, you know, that's uh, that's a little bit of preface there. Uh, So, we're just going to get into it with number five, which is Shadowrun. Now, Shadowrun, if you guys don't know, was published in 1989 by FASA, and it's a science fantasy tabletop role-playing game set in a fictional universe in the near future, where you've got, you know, you got this combination of cybernetics and magic, and then, you know, fantasy creatures are combined there, so you got, you know, you got trolls, orcs, elves, dwarfs, stuff like that, um, but they all get, you know, mushed together with this whole sci-fi, cybernetic, cyberpunk 2077 vibe, um, where you've got, you know, you you don't have classes, you got archetypes such as fixers, deckers, adepts, and, you know, street samurais, which, as we know, is the most noble of all of the players. Uh, but I put this one in number five because I didn't get to play a lot of it in my time, uh, largely because it was... I don't want to say it was complicated for, you know, my DM to run. It was, I mean, I'm never going to run it because it's just, I've never been a giant sci-fi person per se. Um, But I do like Shadowrun because it is a mixture of fantasy and sci-fi. I just never got to play a lot of it because the current, the group that I was running, going to play it with, we got to the point where there was, you know, there was too many conflicting schedules. And then, you know, we got to a point where, you know, our DM couldn't, 
you know, our, our DM couldn't get the rules down properly in time for us to be able to play it, you know, well. And then our group just got a bit too big for us to run it. And it was, it was a bunch of, you know, things that, a bunch of things that went wrong that prevented us from playing the game. But from what I did get to play of it in other games and stuff like that, uh, as like one shots and stuff like that, I really enjoyed it. Because like I said, I like fantasy and I do like this combination of sci-fi and fantasy where, you know, you can still use, you know, modern-esque and futuristic type of weapons, but you can also, you know, cast a fireball and shit like that. So it's... It was really fun, and it's definitely, it's not, I wouldn't consider it a game for, I wouldn't consider it a game for people that are just starting to play, because it is fairly complicated, but if you're, you know, moderate to adept at tabletop RPGs, and you haven't played it yet, I would suggest giving it a chance, just, just because of what it is, you know? It's almost a limit. I won't say it's a limit, limitless universe, but it's pretty damn close. Um, and not only that, it's I mean, it's incredibly popular too. The game has eight video games for it. It's got 40 novels for it. Okay. You don't just, you, uh, no random average run of the mill tabletop role playing game is going to just get 40 books written about it. Like, it's not, it's not going to happen. Even Dungeons and Dragons doesn't have 40 novels. Like, not player books, novels. It doesn't have 40 novels or 8 video games about it. You know, I mean, it's also got a collectible card game. It's got two miniature-based tabletop war games. Like, D&D doesn't even have that. So, I just think it's an, I just think it's a really good, you know, game to run if you... It's a good game to play in if you are into sci-fi and fantasy at the same time. Like I said, me personally, I'm not the biggest sci-fi person. You know, games like games like Halo and stuff like that, they never really they never they never really appealed to me uh just because it was sci-fi, but I still played them. So I highly recommend Shadowrun for anybody who is looking for something different than different to than D&D or fantasy in general. Um, but you're also like you're not like you want to get away from fantasy, but you want to keep like from you want to get away from total fantasy, but you want to keep that little bit of fantasy in there because you know how to work with it. But it's not total fantasy. You know what I'm saying? I think you know what I'm saying. I'm just spouting nonsense at this point. So let's get to number four, which is Traveler. Uh, Traveler is a game created, uh, well, I say created, it was developed, developed, published in 1977 by Game Designers Workshop, um, and it runs on the GURPS D20 and D20 system, as well as various other role-playing systems. I was actually shocked in my research about the game, how many other role-playing systems it actually, like, runs on. I think it's, like, in total, I think it's, like, 7 to 10 at least systems that it runs on and it's kind of fucked um but it it just it, it just goes to show you the kind of flexibility that this game gives you um and the game if you don't know is a game where you're where you create characters that travel between star st- star systems where you can get into space battles you can do trading between you know solar systems and shit like that um, explore different area, explore different star systems and solar systems and stuff like that. And 
you your your characters aren't defined solely by you know the need to increase their skills and abilities they are driven by or they're defined by their by stuff like achievements titles political power all that stuff um and it's I, I this is another one where I never really got to play a lot of um I got to play like a one shot of it with pre with like pre-made characters the DM made um I think the longest time I actually played this was like when my DM my person my personal DM oh look fancy my the DM that I for my personal group that I play with the most he tried running it and we spent like eight hours just creating our characters and stuff like that because with the traveler when you're creating your character you're not just creating your character but you're also creating your own planet um meaning you're you know you get you create by pure randomness by the way it is this whole this whole planet development or creation thing is completely random so you roll dice for you know i believe it's the size of your planet how good the air quality is how much water you have on that planet how survivable your planet is stuff like that and that also helps define your character um and it's got an incredible combat system from the one shot i played that where it's you know it's incredible and incredibly in depth uh, where you, most games, like any game, you can die from, you know, one stab to the chest with a sword or one shot um, at the beginning of the game. But no, it, in this game, no matter how far in you are, you can die from a single shot. You know, in D&D, you can, you know, once you, like, level one, level two, you can die from one shot from, you know, good enough roll. But once you level up to like 10, 15, stuff like that, it takes a lot to keep. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Kill you. Like, it's almost impossible to kill you with just one shot when you when you start leveling up in D&D. With this game, doesn't matter how far along you are. You can die from a single bullet, which gives this whole realism aspect to it of you can't just you know be stupid and charge in guns blazing you have to actually be tactical you have to come up with a plan you have to discuss with your group about what you're going to do there's something on my monitor and i do not like it anyways so yeah it, it brings a sense of realism to the game that you know other d other other D D games that D D and other tabletop rpgs don't bring um 
and that's just, it's just another one of the reasons why I like it, you know, because I've I've always been a role player instead of like a role play based tabletop RPG -er, as opposed to a combat based tabletop RPG -er, if that makes any sense. You know, I've always been more into role play than combat. So with this in-depth combat system where I actually have to be tactical to do it. It fits me well because I, I'm always able to in character talk with my group and stuff like that and role play, you know, tactics and stuff like that. I can role play talking our way out of stuff, you know, combat situations, talking your way out of a bad situation, stuff like that. So it really, it really does kind of suit me. Um, not to say I don't like combat. I love combat. Obviously, you've got to, you've always got to find that, um, you know, you've always got to find that good balance between combat and role-playing because while it is called a tabletop role-playing game the roles you play are generally inherently combat based so you have you know in D&D you've got fighters you've got paladins you've got you know you've got uh, I almost said ninjas you've got monks you've got rogues stuff like that all of those you know, classes and characters are specifically designed for combat. Whereas you've got, you know, your clerics and stuff like that who aren't designed to fight. They're more designed to talk with people and be very charismatic. Um, you know, they're not meant to go guns blazing into a fight. So it's, it's always important to find that balance. And I do think Traveler does a really good job of that, especially with its combat system where you can't just fight everything you actually have to talk things out with certain with you know certain npcs you know if you get caught by the you know by police or something like that you actually have to talk with them you can't just fight your way out of it and stuff like that so it really suits me as kind of more of a role player than a combat oriented player um and that actually leads me into number three which is heroes unlimited um Heroes Unlimited was developed in 19... Developed. I keep saying that like I'm talking about video games. Published in 1984 by Palladium Books for the Megaverse system. Um, it's a game that takes place in a comic book-like world where you create your own superhero, essentially, uh, and fight comic book villains. You know, like not... I mean, you can make like actual comic book villains. You know, like you can throw the Joker in there or something like that. Um... But the comic, it's a comic book-like world, so your supervillains are going to, you know, they're going to kind of mirror your superheroes. You know, they're going to have powers. They're going to have, they're going to have some sort of power that defines them, some sort of, you know, trait, mental quality or physical trait that defines them and stuff like that. Um, but with the, with this game, your players create their characters based off of eight attributes being their IQ, mental endurance, mental affinity, strength, prowess, beauty, and speed. Plus their, uh, those are, those are the eight attributes. Um, so, you know, IQ, which I know in modern day, IQ doesn't really mean much, but with your IQ, you've got, you know, it's your, that's basically your smarts. Your mental endurance is basically how much shit you can take. Um, you know, it's how much stuff you can put up with before you just say, fuck this shit, I'm out, and stuff like that. Um, 
same with your mental affinity. You know, it shows it, it's basically how strong your brain is. Um, strength and prowess go without saying, you know, basically your strength and nimbleness, stuff like that. Beauty is basically your charisma and speed is, you know, how fast you can do stuff, how fast you can, you know, activate your powers, how fast you can jump into fights, stuff like that. Um, plus, you got your education level, which is, you know, the smarter that you are, the better your superhero is going to be with certain powers, certain skills, stuff like that. And structural damage, which is basically your hit points, essentially. Um, you know, certain heroes probably have, you know, higher structural damage than other ones, you know. Superman's got a much better structural damage threshold than Batman does, you know. Batman, if he got shot you know he he gets shot you know it hurts it'll hurt and he could possibly die but if batman got i mean if batman if superman got shot you know it's almost it's nothing to him um plus and and, and that's not just that stuff you know you've got the main defining quality of your character which is your power so you can have powers like telekinesis visibility fire disintegration there are actually like hundreds of powers in heroes unlimited that you can choose from and the kicker to this is that in this game superheroes are actually outlaws you know superheroes are essentially considered vigilantes in this world so it's kind of you know, it's kind of like DC, where you've all of your heroes, like, you know, Batman, Green Arrow, stuff like that, they're considered vigilantes. But later on, you know, as their stories progress and whatnot, they become part of the Justice League, and the Justice League eventually becomes the really the main, uh, the main superhero league that are you know by law allowed to fight crime and you have something like that in this game except anyone who's not part of that you know superhero league is considered a vigilante no matter what you do no matter who you are um in fact when you know my group played this i had a character whose power was it could increase and decrease the kinetic energy of anything that he wanted to um, and there was this big firefight in a park between police and some bad guys, you know, criminals and stuff like that. And my character, along with everybody else, ran into the fight. And once it was done, we actually ended up getting arrested for being vigilantes. So it's it's actually pretty interesting when you think about it. Um, because, you know, even even Marvel has got something like that, you know with daredevil luke cage um iron fist stuff like that so it, it kind of brings a balance to it brings a sense of you know a sense of alertness i guess to where you have to be tactical and when you use your powers how you use your powers what situations you should use your powers in stuff like that um it, so it, it's it's very it could be very role play centric and combat centric as well just like traveler so you know, I had a lot of fun with Heroes Unlimited. Unfortunately, as I have been told, especially I've been told in the video, plus, you know, just in general, and I kind of knew this already, but a lot of people don't like Heroes Unlimited. Um, or at the very least, they think it's the worst of all the heroes, you know, hero-based tabletop RPGs. 
And I'm not entirely sure why. I don't know if it's because it's, you know, uses the Palladium system or what. But personally, I really enjoyed the game. We played a few sessions with it. And uh, it it actually, like, I was actually able to picture my superhero. And my superhero was, he looked like a, you know, like an urban vigilante, I guess. I didn't really do myself any favors with it. But, you know, he had... He wore jeans, He then he wore a shirt and a vest, then he had a bandana, sunglasses, and a hat. You know, he was basically essentially like a third-rate vigilante superhero in the, you know, in the hood, essentially. Um, so it's, uh, it's, I, I enjoyed it, you know, I recommend it for a lot of people. There's, I'm sure, I mean, there's definitely a lot of better hero games out there. But this one was incredibly fun. I enjoyed it a lot. If you really like hero superheroes and superhero games, I definitely recommend this. Um, and then on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, you know, we have Heroes Unlimited, which is kind of a lighter heart, light heart, light more lighthearted game, in just in its you know basis. We do a complete 180 and go to number two, which is Call of Cthulhu. Um, Call of Cthulhu was published by Chaosium in 1981, and it's a role-playing game inspired by H.P. Lovecraft. Um, and this game, holy shit. I've played it quite a bit, and holy shit is it good. Um, I mean, first of all, Call of Cthulhu, it jumped out on the scene and has since become... More, it's become just as iconic of a tabletop RPG as D and D is. I mean, you're still gonna when you think of tabletop RPGs, you're going to think of D and D first, but not too far behind that is Call of Cthulhu, and that's just because H.P. Lovecraft, that his work has been, you know, his his work is so well known throughout the world that when somebody created a D&D-esque, you know, a tabletop role-playing game based off of it, um, based off of his monsters, it just blew up. Um, it uses the basic role-playing system, it uses pretty much the same system as, you know, D&D 5th edition does. Um, but this one is where your players get taken into a mysterious realm where it's almost identical, like, it's identical to ours. Um... This game, the world's identical to ours in a sense where every, like, it's literally identical. Everything is the same. The only difference is that the humans fear and worship aliens as gods, you know? So you've got your, you've got Cthulhu's and stuff. You got Cthulhu's. There's only one Cthulhu. Sorry, Dark Lord. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they worship Cthulhu and there's all of these monsters and horrors, stuff like that, that you got to fight. Um... Once you go deeper into the world, you're going to find more horrors and beasts and whatnot. And these these creatures dominate the world. Um, and it, if, if you've got a really good DM who knows what they're doing and they run this game, you can create... I think Call of Cthulhu is responsible for some of the greatest horror tabletop role-playing campaigns in history. Just because of the world it's set in. You know, you can make this whole... You can create this whole world that is based around monsters. You know, it's based around... It, it's legit just based around aliens and monsters like Cthulhu. You know, you've got aliens and monsters... you got aliens and monsters like Cthulhu. You've got, um... 
I already forgot the name of the, you know, ones that control your mind and shit like that. You know, you've got all of, you, you've got, it's literally the perfect game for a great horror tabletop role-playing game campaign. And I personally enjoyed the shit out of it. I have never, there has been very few game tabletop RPGs in my life. Actually, I don't think there has ever been one in my life except for Call of Cthulhu that has actually made me turn around and look over my shoulder because I thought there was a giant fucking monster squid behind me just staring at me. You know, I turned around, I turned around expecting to see a werewolf or something behind me and it's it's incredible. You know, you can actually you can get completely lost in this game. And so I really recommend it to anybody who's really trying to expand their horizons. You know, because most most tabletop role-playing games aren't inherently dark, but Call of Cthulhu is. And so if you're looking for an inherently dark tabletop role-playing game, I highly recommend Call of Cthulhu. Um, and not even just a tabletop role-playing game. It's got uh, two card games, six video games, most of which are pretty good. Um, and it's got, you know, it's got no no shortage of editions because it's on its it's got more editions than D&D does. It's on its seventh edition right now, which is crazy considering D&D can't well, I guess it's kind of not cuz D&D came out like two like two or three years beforehand, but it's still incredible that Call of Cthulhu is two editions past, oh, past Dungeons and Dragons. Um and I don't I've only I, I've only ever played the 7th edition of Call of Cthulhu. Uh but I imagine if you play any of the other ones, it's going to be just as good. Um, but we go from we go from horror games to post-apocalyptic games with our number one pick. Well, my number one pick, which is Deadlands. Um, yeah, if you guys have been following my YouTube channel for any amount of time since I from at least since I started doing, you know, tabletop RPG content on my channel you would know that Deadlands is my favorite tabletop RPG in history. Um, it was created in 1996 by the Pinnacle, well, published in 1996 by the Pinnacle Entertainment Group. Um, it uses the D20 system. And since being published, it's become the most popular post-apocalyptic tabletop RPG. And Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Like I said, my personal favorite tabletop RPG of all time. Uh, the game takes place in the 19th century United States in a world where the Civil War never ended. Uh, so the whole story behind it is, you know, the North and South are fighting each other. But something, I can't remember the exact story. I have videos of this up on my channel. Um, but the whole story is that they that one of the sides did something to an, you know, a Native American tribe. I know, shocker. Uh, um, but they did something to a Native American tribe and the shaman of one of these tribes performed a ritual which raised the four horsemen of hell, you know, so the four horsemen being pestilence, famine, death, and war, raised them and they are called the Reckoners in Deadlands and what they did was they tore through the and they, they tore through the world and essentially put the world into a stage you know they created they brought they created horrors you know they created monsters and beasts that people can only dream of um and not only that there was the discovery of ghost rock which is a substance that's uh, uh, that is far stronger than normal fuel um it's stronger than nuclear power so what governments did was they got their hands on it and then when they started fighting each other again eventually they created ghost rock they basically created ghost rock nukes and they dropped them on each other and just decimated the world and wherever one of these nukes got dropped was those are what was created they created maelstroms which are essentially incredibly irradiated you know, the, these areas are so irradiated that you can see the glows of them for miles. Um, and so what had happened is, you know, so what happens is you've got the four horsemen and you've got this ghost rock, these ghost rock and nukes creating these horrible places and bad monsters and stuff like that. And you get to create your character in your own image. You actually don't there there are archetypes don't get me wrong you know you've got uh you got road warriors you've got templars stuff like that where so you've got archetypes that you can be essentially and base your character off of but there are no set classes you can you can literally have your and I, this happened before because one of my players when i run this game one of my former players actually had a character whose occupation was a burger joint guy so his whole character was essentially a charismatic character who couldn't fight for shit because he worked at a burger joint and was basically, you know, a 115 pound soaking wet teenager. Uh, 
but he could he could talk your he could talk your ear off for a long time and get you to buy shit that you didn't even realize you wanted. Um, or you could be on the other end of the spectrum. Like right now, we're playing Deadlands in the group that I'm that Renavion runs, and one of the players she has a character who had, who's incredibly strong and tough and is just really into fighting. But she also has a brother who is, you know, who's dead, but she doesn't think that. She's crazy, so she thinks her brother is still there and that everybody else can see him. When in retrospect, nobody else can see him. Uh, so you can you can literally do anything. Like, my character's a soldier, um, an entrepreneur. So you've got so many... Uh, basically, the sky's the limit. Because um, you've got when you create your character you can make it however you want with um with attributes you know i think you've got what is it i think it's eight or nine attributes um and each attribute has like eight or nine like eight nine ten different um skills that you can put points into essentially and these points determine how many dies you run of a single die type because this game it is run off of you know it's it's run off of each attribute has a die type and how many dice you roll for that attribute so you can have one attribute you can have two you can roll three d10 for that attribute roll but underneath that you've got skills and you can have less than or more than the attribute that you know the die type that your attribute is you know or how many die you roll so you can you know you can roll survival but say for survival your attribute is 4d12 but with under the skill you've only got two points in it so then you roll 2d12 if that makes any sense um i'm doing a horrible job of describing it but it is genuinely one of my favorite games because being a dm it's almost you've got almost zero you know there's no restraints because deadlands is considered a meat grinder game deadlands is a game where it almost specifically tells you that you are there to kill the players you know D games like D, D um and almost every other game i mentioned on here traveler heroes unlimited the dm is not there to kill the players the dm is there to create a story for the players to go through and enjoy and if a player just so happens to die because, you know, they rolled poorly and the DM just happened to roll really good, stuff like that, that stuff happens. It's supposed to happen. In Deadlands, you are there. The DM, also known as the Marshal in this game, is there specifically to kill the players. He is supposed to, he or she, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I already forgot the word. Um, but they are supposed to they're there to kill the players they're supposed to throw them in situations where the players have to fight their asses off to get out of because a post-apocalypse you know it's a pocket it's an apocalyptic world where anything can happen uh you could be attacked like there are monsters in this game that are just like basically two creatures merged with each other you've got shracks which are basically giant land sharks you've got trogs which are trolls combined with frogs You've got blood wolves, which are vampire werewolves. You know, you've got so many monsters in this game that you can encounter that your player that you can throw at your players and they've got to fight to survive because of it being an apocalypse. Apocalypse is you are meant to fight to survive. And that's what this game does. 
Um, and, you know, there's also vehicles, like actual vehicles. You got motorcycles. There's hovercrafts. You can buy a sports car or, like, a sedan, you know, you can buy, which is, I think is just called an economy car in this game. Um, plus, there's no shortage of weapons. You got, um, you know, you can have a musket, uh, shotguns. You can have rifles, assault rifles. You can have, uh, you can have LMGs in this game. Or you can fight, you know, you can fight prehistoric Native American type style, you know, spears, bow and arrows, crossbows, stuff like that. There's no shortage of ways to play and or run this game. And that is why it is my favorite game, because I have always been a giant fan of apocalyptic or post-apocalyptic type games. That's why Fallout is one of my favorite game series in history. You know, I've always been a fan of apocalyptic games. So that's... That's just my take. That's just my take um, on Deadlands. Just like I said, just for the sheer fact that I am an apocalypse game lover. Um, and plus, Deadlands, it's easy to run, essentially. You know, I mean, I'm not going to say it's easy, easy. You know, I wouldn't recommend it for a first time DM, but I would recommend anybody to run or play it if you're looking to completely branch out from fantasy. Um, and it's it and like i said it's fairly easy to run if you're a dm you know the the worlds are the world is easy to craft because it's basically the united states um sure you can you know you can put your care your players in different countries and stuff like that but the game itself is based in the united states um as far as i know there's nothing really too known about what's up uh, about what's happened with other countries except for canada to an extent um, but, you know, the, the, there's no, there's almost no limits to what you can do with this game from creating your character all the way to creating the world. Uh, so that's, that's my take on it. Like I said, um, and those are my personal top five non D and D games that well games that you can substitute for D and D essentially, or if you just want to branch out from D and D either or is fine. Um, and if you going back through this list, you know, you can tell just by this list how many different forms of tabletop RPGs there are. You know, you've got, uh, you know, Shadowrun and Traveler. You've got your sci-fi Heroes Unlimited. You've got your hero comic book type. All of Cthulhu. You've got your horror tabletop and Deadlands. You got your post-apocalypse top. And that's just like the start of the that that's just the tip of the iceberg of when you go of like what how many games there are you know you've got like there are tabletop role-playing games based off of like movies and shit like that you know men in black have like i think two tabletop role-playing games um i think there's even a mission impossible tabletop role-playing game war of the worlds i believe i believe has a tabletop role-playing game um you know shit i think hello kitty has a tabletop role-playing game for christ's sake like they're there is nothing, I don't think, in this world that people have not created a tabletop role-playing game for. You know, Dark Souls has a tabletop role-playing game. Um, you know, Fallout's got a tabletop role-playing game. Shit, I think there's even... I think at one point there was talk of the Elder Scrolls having a tabletop role-playing game or something, if it's not already out. Um, but, yeah, so, obviously, these, like I said, these are just my top five... These are just my five favorite picks, um, and my 
personal recommendations. Obviously, there are significantly more options to pick from. And I highly recommend you guys go check all do your research, look to see what you want to play or run, and then try and find a group to play with. Um, or if you already have a group, see if that group is will, you know, see if that group wants to do it, stuff like that. Because um, there, there's nothing wrong with branching out, you know, obviously, you know, with anything, you know, sports and video games and stuff like that, people are always going to be loyalists to something. There are always going to be a shit ton of D&D loyalists. There's going to be Call of Cthulhu loyalists. There's going to be Deadlands loyalists. But there's nothing wrong with branching out and expanding your your tabletop RPG horizons. You know, like me, I've been playing tabletop RPGs for over a decade now. Um, actually, I think it's probably been about a decade um, since I was a freshman in high school. So, which... You know, realistically, doesn't say a lot. I've been graduated for like seven years now, um, which is actually kind of mind-boggling to think. Let me do the quick math. Six, seven years, about, yeah. Um, it's kind of mind-boggling to think of. And I know, you know, some of you listening to this are going to be like, you've been graduated for seven years. I've graduated in 1983, stuff like that. You know, it's... But, like, that's not the point of this. My point is, is that you can be a loyalist to any game you want but you can't spend your entire time playing that game or else it's going to end up getting stale and you're not going to like it anymore um you know you can't spend your entire time playing D D and expect to enjoy it the same exact amount of time as you did the last time you know tabletop rpgs are just like video games they they become boring after playing for a while. You know, you can't spend like there are people who will spend like 500 hours straight playing at, like Skyrim or something, but then they'll end up getting bored of it. You know, you can it, sometimes people it takes longer for people to get bored of the game. Sometimes it takes almost immediately for people to get bored of the game. Um, but eventually you're going to get bored of it and you're not going to have anything to do because you weren't willing to take the time to you know expand expand your horizons um it happened to me with youtube you know i got stuck doing the same thing for years and it got stale bored and at one point i just stopped caring and that's eventually going to happen it's like with tabletop orgies eventually going to happen you're going to stop caring because you're going to go end up just going through the motions and it's just going to be the same shit just different days um so yeah there's nothing wrong with expanding your horizons i've recommended it for everything i do this uh, and so tabletop rpgs are no different expand your horizons whether it be from my list or a completely different list or just you know one that you found at your local game store you know just as long as you're doing something different you know there's nothing wrong with doing the same thing it's just when you do something different that same thing becomes more special and that's about all i have for you guys today um sorry this was a bit of a rambling mess like i said this whole podcast thing is still i mean it's not new to me i've had several podcasts in the past but this whole solo podcast thing is still a bit new to me um so it's it it's going to take some time and I'm sure a lot of you guys are going to be like, stop rambling, just get to the point, stuff like that. Just, just bear with me, please. It's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm trying my best here. Okay. Um, it's whatever though, you know, so 
like I said, thank you guys for listening. Um, this podcast is now also available, just in case you didn't know, um, if you're still listening on ACAST. Some of you guys might be listening on these websites now, but as of right now, RPG Speak is officially available on YouTube and Spotify. Hopefully we'll be accepted by Amazon Music soon, and eventually we're going to move to iTunes as well. So keep a lookout for that. I will keep you guys updated on my Twitter, twitter.com slash the underscore Mexidadian. Um, also, I will let you guys know for any updates in, you know, any new episodes. Um, and like I said, my last episode, I got some big things coming, so stay tuned for that. Uh, also, I do have merch available, finally. Um, it's not the first merch drop I've ever done, uh, and I wouldn't even really call it a merch drop. It's really just, you know, some shirts. It's literally just, like, two shirts and a mug and some stuff like that. Um on uh designed by humans so there will be links for that in the descriptions of the youtube video spotify video for this basically this entire episode there'll be links um and i've also got a tiltify streamlabs uh not even tiltify tiltify is for uh tiltify is for uh Charities. That's the word I was looking for. Total advice for charities, which, by the way, reminds me, I am still, I still do have an open campaign for uh, veterans, a combat veterans hope. It is a very good charity that I vetted myself, where it helps combat veterans that are coming home from overseas get reintegrated back into so- back into society uh, with, you know, treatments programs stuff like that that help them reach out to their neighbors get the care they need to help with any ptsd or any other mental problems they have after coming overseas um and along with that i also do have my it's kind of weird to say this after the charity thing uh but i do also have my Streamlabs merch that you can only get on Streamlabs. um it is some t-shirts coffee mugs laptop pouches stuff like that um everything's pretty fairly priced too so i recommend it but if you're going to give me money for any reason i recommend giving me money for a combat veterans hope uh as that is a cause that has that means a lot to me i've done some stuff with the wounded warrior project in the past and i expanded to a combat veterans hope hoping to do anything you know so Thank you guys once again for watching, listening, watching, listening. I don't know. You for what? I mean, you could be on YouTube watching, listening to this. Um, yeah, I'm also on YouTube. I got this on YouTube as well. Don't judge me. But yes, thank you guys so much for listening. Hopefully, I enlightened you guys and, you know, inspired you to expand your horizons with this list. Um, not even just with this list. Like I said, there are hundreds of other tabletop RPGs out there for you to explore. So, with that being said, finally, thank you guys for listening. Um, and I will talk to you all later. Have a good day, everybody. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, how's it going, everybody? It's Anthony from the RPG Speak podcast that you just listened to. All of the music in today's episode was Metal Rap Instrumental by Lost in Scores. RPG Speak is a podcast where I talk about all things role-playing, from tabletop RPGs to video game RPGs. Stay tuned for next episode, where I'll share more stories and opinions on gaming today, as well as my own personal gaming experiences. Stay safe, everybody. <laughs>